0: Lesson number 123, Surah Yusuf, Ayah number 19 to 35. So in Surah Yusuf so far, what have we learned about the story of Yusuf salam? What happened to him? Yes? Okay, so first of all we learned that he saw a dream. And what was that dream about? What did he see in that dream? Eleven stars, the sun and the moon prostrating to him. So what did he do? He told his... Father about the dream. What did his father advise him? Do not tell his brothers about the dream. Why? Because that dream showed that something special was gonna happen to Yusuf alayhi salam. He was going to be given a big blessing by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was going to be made superior to the rest of his family. He was going to be honored above them all. And the father knew that this would create some kind of jealousy. In the brothers. So, in order to protect Yusuf, he said, Don't tell your brothers about this dream. But what happened? Sometimes you can feel that something bad is going to happen. And you take steps in order to protect yourself. But does it always work? It doesn't always work. Hmm? So, for example, this morning, I was pouring milk for my son and he was holding the cup. And usually when I'm pouring milk and he's holding the cup, I have this fear that he's gonna move the cup and the milk is gonna spill on the counter. So I told him, don't touch the cup. So he moved his hand away, but as I poured the milk, it actually went straight on the counter as opposed to the cup. So sometimes it happens that you're trying to protect yourself from you know, some kind of danger or some kind of harm that you think is going to happen. And you take some steps in order to protect yourself also, but what is written in the qadr is going to happen for sure. Hmm? So at that point, basically, we should not get upset. right? This doesn't mean that we don't take any kind of precaution to protect ourselves. No, we have to do that. But if despite our efforts, things go wrong, then we don't start pointing fingers. Right Now for example, this morning when this happened, I almost felt like, what just happened? And my sons are staring at me. Okay, so I was going to do something wrong and you made a mistake, you know, giving me that look. Now at that time, typically what do we do? We start blaming one another, right? We start getting upset. But when things happen despite our efforts to protect ourselves, what should we do? Accept it. Just as the father of Yusuf a.s., when the brothers, what did they do? They made a whole plan that they were going to first kill Yusuf a.s., but then someone said that, no, don't kill him, go and throw him in a well. So they went and they asked their father, why don't you let him come with us? And finally the father agreed, he sent him. And what happened? They threw him in the well and they came back with his shirt stained with fake blood. And they said that a wolf ate Yusuf So what was the reaction of the father at that time? Was he upset with them? What did he say? What did he say? بَلْ سَوَّلَتْ لَكُمْ أَنفُسُكُمْ أَمْرًا فَصَبْرٌ جَمِيلٌ وَاللَّهُ الْمُسْتَعَانِ I will observe beautiful patience, and I will seek Allah's help. This should be our reaction at the time of any tragedy, any kind of harm that we suffer, that I seek Allah's help and I will exhibit beautiful patience because I want my reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now what happened in the story? The brothers they had thrown Yusuf in the well and they went back home, and obviously they didn't tell their father about which well they threw him in. Some scholars say that they actually went back in order to retrieve him, but he wasn't there anymore. What happened when he was in the well? A سَيَّارَةٌ As-sayyara came. What is a seyyara? A caravan. A group of travelers. Because سَارَ يَسِيرُ سَيْر is to travel. So seyyara, those who are traveling. Meaning a caravan. So a came. فَأَرْسَلُوا So they sent. وَارِدَهُم Their وَارِد وَارِد is from the root letters وَاورَادَال And we did this word earlier. And Wadid is basically someone who is sent in order to search for water. You see people when they would travel together, and they would generally travel together as a group, as a caravan, and when they would need water, the whole caravan would not go in search of water. Because if everybody would be going around in search of water, it would take very very long. Right, And everyone would get tired. So what would they do? They would send a couple people. You go east, you go west, you go this way, you go that way. And whoever finds water first will come back and tell the rest of the people so that everybody can go there and get water. So وَارِد was the person who would be sent ahead of the caravan in search of water. So فَأَرْسَلُوا وَارِدَهُمْ They sent their water drawer and when this man he came to the well where Yusuf alayhi was inside the well, fa'idla. So he let down, idla from the root letters dal lam wau. Idla is to let something go down, to drop it. So as he came to the well, he dropped his bucket where into the well. Fa'idla dal دَل Dal is bucket. So he let down his bucket. In order to get some water, in order to draw some water out of the well. And you can imagine when he put his bucket down, he must have looked inside. Right? Is there any water even in there? But when he looked down, what does he see? A boy. So he says, yeah, bushra, hey, good news. Yeah. What does yeah mean? Oh. It doesn't mean that yeah, bushra, oh, bushra, so he's calling someone named bushra. No, Bushra is a woman's name. Alright? Ya yeah, Bushra. Ya yeah, over here is for exclamation. Ya yeah, basically means oh. Right? When you're calling someone, what do you say? Oh. And when you're surprised, then what words do you use? Hey! Oh. Right? So yeah, Bushra, hey, oh, good news. Look, look what we found. Hada hulam. This is a boy. We came in search of water, and here we find a boy. Why are they so happy to find a boy? Because they can just pretend that he is theirs and they can use him as a slave and they can sell him as a slave. So that's exactly what they did. asarruhu And they concealed him as a as a merchandise. بِضَاعَةً is from the root letters بَضَاعَةً and بِضَاعَةً is basically a commodity, an item that is for sale, that is sold, that is purchased. So, they concealed him as a bid'ah, meaning as an item of trade, as a merchandise. Because they intended to sell him. Wallahu alimun bima yamaloon, And Allah was knowing of what they did. They hid Yusuf Salam from the people. Why did they conceal him? Because they didn't want anyone to find out that this boy is with this caravan. What if the locals, one of them came and said, hey, this is our boy. Or we know who this boy is. We know which family he belongs to. So they would accuse them of kidnapping. Right? So they immediately hid him so that nobody would see him, nobody would find out. And immediately they left with Yusuf salam. And they intended to sell him. But Allah says, Wallahu alimun bima yamaloon. Allah was knowing of what they did. They hid from the people. But could they hide from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No, they couldn't. They couldn't. Now two things I want you to notice in this ayah. Yusuf was in the well. Eventually the caravan came, and the man he came and pulled him out of the well. Now how long was he in the well? Allahu alam. We don't know about this, but it seems like he was there for at least one night, a minimum of one night. Why? Because what happened? The brothers, they put him in the well and they went back home at what time? Isha'an. In the evening. At night they went home. Where was Yusuf A.S.? In the well. And no people would go in search of water at night. Right? So this perhaps happened either the next day or the day after. Allahu A'lam. But think about Yusuf A.S. how he must have spent that night or even those few hours in that well. Have you ever had that feeling that I'm just stuck here? I don't know if I'll ever be able to get out? Alhamdulillah, none of us have had that feeling because whenever we feel trapped, we know that somebody is going to call, somebody is going to come. We have our phones, right? I mean, there's always a way of reaching out to people. But think about Yusuf And he was not a man at that time. He was perhaps 14 years old or 17 years old at that time. Only 14 or 17. This is what the ulama have said about his age. Another thing I want you to notice here is that Allah knows exactly what is going on with his servants. Because Wallahu alimum bima yu'maloon. He is always supporting his servant. Even though on the surface it seems as everything is going against a person, it's actually working in favor of the person. Right? Because Think about it. Yusuf Islam being in that well, and then a caravan coming, searching for water, and then they send a person to get water from the well. I mean, how likely is it that you're stuck somewhere and then somebody comes by the same route and comes exactly where you are? How likely is it? It's not a coincidence. This is whose help? Whose help is it? Allah taala's help. Right? So remember that nothing in a believer's life is a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It's something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused to happen. Either to help you or to teach you a lesson. Also we see here that they concealed him, they hid him, and they wanted to sell him as a slave. And it seems as though they didn't value him at all, and they really didn't value him, they didn't care about Yusuf I mean, think about it. You get a child out of the well, at least find out how he got there Think about it. Somebody's been stuck in the well. Find out what happened. Ask him how he's doing. Nothing like that. They just hid him immediately and they took him away. Little did they know that the same boy was going to become a minister in the Egyptian government very soon. They had no idea. But they took him and they wanted to sell him as a slave. وَشَرَوْهُ And they sold him. Be for a price that was baqsin, deficient, very cheap. Baqs is from the root letters baqsin. Remember, we learned earlier, لا تبوخ What does baqs mean? To reduce. So, for example, something is worth twenty dollars, and you show that it's ten dollars only. All right. Something is original, and you show that it is fake. Okay. This is what baqs. Something is actually 20 kilograms, but you show that it is 10 kilograms. This is baks. So, bi baksin. They sold him for a very cheap, for a very reduced price. How much was that? Dirham, A few dirham, plural of dirham, ma'dudatin Ones that could be numbered. A few dirham only they sold him for. It is said that they sold him for about 20 dirham. Think about it. They sold him for about 20 dirham. Why? Because they just wanted to sell him as quickly as possible. Because things that are stolen, right? things that are stolen, items that are stolen, in the black market even, if you try to sell them, can you ever sell them for a full price? No. Why? Why not? Why are they always at a lesser price, at a cheaper price? What's the reason? Exactly, because they want to get rid of it before they're caught. right? So for example, you find out a phone that is in a very good shape, almost as good as new, is being sold for just $100. And you're like, no, no, there's, there's something fishy here. Not possible that this phone that functions perfectly fine is being sold only for $100. How is it possible? and then you find out that it was stolen. Why is a person selling it only for a hundred dollars? Because if he tries to sell it for full price, he's not going to find a buyer. Because people are rather going to go and buy a new one. And secondly, he wants to get rid of it as quickly as possible. His concern is not with the object. His concern is with what? The money, the profit that he's going to make. So, وَشَرَوْهُ بِثَمَنٍ بَخْسٍ دَرَاهِمَ مَعْدُودَةٍ وَكَانُوا فِيهِ مِنَ Zahidin. And they were concerning him, meaning concerning Yusuf alayhi salam mina of those with little concern. Zahidin, plural of Zahid. zahid is from the root letter Zayadal. Have you heard the name Zahid? Hmm? So زَاهِد is from Zuhud. And what does zuhud mean? Any idea what Zuhud is? Yes. Okay. Have you heard about Zuhud as in keeping away from worldly indulgences and being very akhirah oriented or just focused on ibadah so a person is just you know worshipping and they don't really do much you know things that the people generally do like eating excessively or drinking excessively or even getting married and having a family people abstain from these things in the name of zuhud okay so zuhud is also used as a lot of piety now zuhud primarily means to have no inclination towards something okay to have no inclination towards something to just be indifferent to it like you don't want it you don't care about it you have no desire for it all right like for example if there's a person who's watching their diet they're eating very very carefully if you give them an option between a salad and let's say a piece of cake all right let's say that's cheesecake Okay, what are they going to take? They're going to take the salad. What if you tell them this cheesecake is amazing. I got it from Cheesecake Factory. Do we have that in Mississauga? We don't have it, right? So what if your friend tells you that I got this from Cheesecake Factory and you're not going to find this cheesecake here? Are you still going to take the salad if you're watching your food? Are you still going to take the salad? If you're really careful about your food? Come on. Are you that weak? Seriously? Then good luck. If you're really conscious about your eating, if somebody even pays you to have a chocolate, to have you know a very unique kind of dessert or whatever, you're not going to have it because you are more concerned about your health than you are concerned about your taste buds. Right? So what happens, you know like the other day, My son, he loves to have ice cream these days. Obviously it's hot, so we give them a little bit every day after dinner for dessert. So what happens is that he asks me, Mama, are you going to have it? And I'm like, no, because I really don't feel like ice cream. I think it's just so sugary, no matter what you get, it's always so sugary that even if I have a scoop, I'm done with it. So he's like, why? You don't like it? I'm like, I like it, but I don't feel like it. He's like, but why don't you have it? Like, I don't want it. Even if you give a whole tub to me for free, I'm not going to have it because I just don't enjoy it. I don't feel like it. So, this is what? This is zuhud. That you have no inclination towards something. It's right there in front of you. Right there in front of you. You may even see that it's really valuable, it's really good, you're going to enjoy it, but still, you're not interested. Why? Because you're more interested in something else. You're more interested in something else. So وَكَانُوا فِيهِ مِنَزْزَاهِدِينَ They were zahid towards him, concerning him, meaning they didn't show any kind of interest in him. They didn't care about him at all. They weren't concerned about this boy. They were more concerned about what? about the money that they were going to make. Even if it was just a few dirham that they could earn, that's all they wanted. What does this tell us? That lack of knowledge, when we are unaware of the value of something, when we are unaware of the value of something, this can cause us a lot of loss. This can bring to us a lot of loss. You see, there could be a piece of jewelry, Hmm? A piece of jewelry that you see. If you see it fallen on the floor, it's shining, it's golden, it's got some kind of gem on it. If you see it as a woman, you know that it's something of value. You are at least going to pick it up and look at it. Right? You are at least going to pick it up and look at it. That what is it? But there are some other people, like for example children, right? or for example certain men, who have no interest in these things, that jewelry will be right in front of that piece of jewelry and they might think, oh, maybe it's some kind of shiny thing that came off of my sister's abaya. Who cares about it? They're just going to step over it and move on. But you are going to at least look down and see, what is it? Did I drop my earring? Did this come off of my bracelet? What is it? But other people are just going to look at it and move on. Why? Because they don't really know its value, or they don't care about it at all. And many times this happens with us, unfortunately, that there are such valuable opportunities before us, but we lose them. Why? Because we don't realize how valuable they are. We waste the time, the talent, the ability, the money that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Why? Because we don't have the right kind of vision. We don't have the right kind of observation. Like for example, if there is a person who is single, or for example, newly married, hmm? then what happens? They spend their weekend mornings sleeping in, right? And they sleep into like 11 a.m. or 12 even sometimes. And then what happens when they have a baby? They're up at 6 o'clock, they're up at 7 o'clock, and they're like, where was I before? How did I, In what did I waste my time before? What was I doing? So this happens with many, many people that an opportunity, something very precious, very valuable is before them. But they don't see it. They don't know it. Like for example, the month of Ramadan. Is it like any other time of the year? Think about it. Someone who fasts in this month with iman, with ihtisab, he does qiyam in this month with iman, with ihtisab. What's the result? All his previous sins can be forgiven. But this is for who? Someone who realizes the value of the month of Ramadan. But if a person doesn't value this month, what is he going to do? The month is going to come and it's going to go. And he is going to be the way he was. So it's very important to at least look carefully into everything that's coming your way. You know, sometimes we just look and we move on. No, just look again. Pay attention a little bit. You know, look a little bit closely. Give a second glance and see what is it. Is there any khayr in it that you could benefit from? Yes, please do. As-salamu alaykum. I just heard uh, recently a quotation from Ibn Khayyum al-Jawzi. He said that just as Ya'qub alayhi salam had 12 sons, so also there are 12 months and... Just as Yusuf salam was the most beloved to Yaqub salam, so also Ramadan is the month that's most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just as the dua of one brother was a means of forgiveness for the other brothers, so also inshallah the dua in Ramadan will be a means of forgiveness for the sins that we have committed the other months. So. This is for who? People who realize the value of the month of Ramadan. So these people, they saw Yusuf A.S. And Yusuf A.S. was not an ordinary child. I mean, you know like there are some children who just stand out, not just because of their looks, but because of their manners even. Like for example, you go somewhere and there's 10 kids, and they're causing a ruckus literally, screaming, running, here, there. And there's another child who's sitting on a chair reading a book. I mean, won't you wonder what kind of a child is he? What is he? How come he's sitting like this? How come he's behaving like this? How come he's not running around wild like the rest of the children? I mean, he's different. You can see it. So Yusuf his looks, his manners, his way of talking, everything was unique. But these people didn't bother to pay any attention. They didn't really give value to him. They didn't really give any importance to him. Whose loss was it? Theirs. وَكَانُوا min a <الزاهدين> They were not interested in him. And sometimes you may even feel like this that you come across certain people and they don't treat you the way you deserve to be treated. They don't speak to you the way you deserve to be spoken to. Not because you are someone, you know, big and a big shot. No. Just a normal human being. A normal human being. You don't know, like Simple courtesy, basic respect that every single person deserves. But there are people who don't give you that kind of respect at all. And at that time we feel very humiliated, very upset, very angry. But just remember that if Yusuf could be sold for 20 dirham, then really what am I? If the Prophet he was humiliated by his people, then what am I? Who am I? Doesn't matter if people treat us like that. What matters is that we have a good position in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a lesson for us also, that sometimes we see people and we just look at them and we ignore them and we move on. It happens with me a lot because when I meet somebody, you know, like for example, somebody is bringing their friend or whatever, they greet me, and I just quickly move on, but they say, she's Dr. Ferd's daughter. And then they come back. And then they, you know, hug. And they, you know, talk to me so respectfully. I'm like... No, uh, this is not right. This is not right. You should treat me like a Muslim sister. Don't treat me differently just because I am Dr. Furt's daughter. If you speak to any Muslim sister with respect, you would show the same kind of attitude to me also. Why is it that once you have to greet me like I'm nothing, and then after five minutes when you find out who I am, then you have to come back to me and treat me like, oh, and then apologize. You don't need to do that. Simple courtesy, simple respect that we need to show to everybody because we don't know who they are and we don't know what their status is near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, that's what is more important. Forget about who the person is, whose daughter they are, whose parent they are, whose brother they are, whose spouse they are. Forget about it. Think about the fact that they are Allah's servant and their status near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could be much more than yours. So respect them for the fact that they are Allah's servant. Treat them nicely because they are Allah's servant first and foremost. So these people did not show any kind of interest in Yusuf a.s. وَكَانُوا فِيهِ مِنَ Because they just wanted the money. And sometimes we also want just material benefit, immediate benefit, which is why we give up on such major opportunities. وَقَالَ And he said, who? Allah the one who? Ishtarahu, he purchased him. So the one who purchased him, meaning the man who purchased Yusuf alayhi salam, and who was this man? Mim Misra, from Misr, from Egypt. So what do we learn from this? That this caravan picked Yusuf alayhi salam from where? Canaan, in Palestine, and they traveled all the way to Misr, to Palestine. Now, just Google an image, okay? a map where you can see the distance between Palestine and Egypt, just to have a rough idea. It wasn't a short journey. It really wasn't. And think about it. He was being hidden. I mean, must have been under something. Can you imagine that long journey being covered up? Allahu alam, how difficult that journey must have been. And not knowing what's going to happen. And a 14-year-old child I mean Yusuf Islam must have been very composed and calm. Because think about a teenager. Hmm? If something is being done against their will, what are they going to do? If your mom says, come on with me, sit in the car and we're going. What are you going to do? Sit nicely in the car and remain silent the whole time. Yeah? What are you going to do? Argue. Maybe cry a little bit. Hmm? Maybe complain the entire time. There is no mention of this, that Yusuf a.s. behaved in that manner. So what happened? When he got to Egypt, the man who purchased him, he said, limraatihi to his wife. So he purchased Yusuf and brought him home, and he told his wife, akrimi, akrimi, Honor The ya at the end is for Female, because he's addressing his wife. So he's saying, "Akrimi, You honor Mathwahu His abode, his residence. The word mathwa is from Sawawiya and Sawiya means to remain in a place for a long time. So mathwa is, it refers to the place where a person is going to stay, the clothes he's going to be wearing, the food he's going to be served, everything. So mathwa is what? Residence. Akrimi Mathwahu make his residence good. Akrimi from Ikram and Ikram Kaframim Karam is to be generous, to be honourable, to be good. Like the Prophet ﷺ said, that whoever believes in Allah and the last day Fal Yukrim then he should honor his guest. What does that mean? that he should be generous with his guest he should make sure that his guest is comfortable he should treat him with respect right so akrimi mathwahu make his residence comfortable in other words don't treat him like a slave make sure he's got a good bed make sure he's got good clothes to wear make sure he has good food to eat treat him well treat him nicely make his stay good Asa, PERHAPS أَيَّنْفَعْنَا أي That he will benefit us. It's quite possible that this boy will benefit us. He may be of benefit to us. When? In the future. Because obviously when you do good to someone, then what is expected? That you will receive what from them? You will receive good from them also. So this man, he said, treat him well. You never know, he might benefit us in the future. And also perhaps what he meant was that if we were to sell him in the future, we might get a good price. I got him for a very cheap price, only 20 dirham. But if you treat him well, he's well fed, he's healthy, he's strong. If we want to sell him, we'll make a good profit. But give him a good residence. Akrimi Asa أو or نَتَّخِذَهُ Walada. We can take him, we can adopt him as our child. He's very good looking. He's got good manners. We could also adopt him as our own child. Perhaps he said this because he didn't have children of his own. Allahu A'lam, what the reason was. But what we learn from this about this man is that he saw that Yusuf was not an ordinary child. He saw that. And this is the reason why he told his wife treat him well. He might be of benefit to us and we can even adopt him as a child of our own. But treat him well. Who would say this? Someone who sees goodness in the other. And who can see goodness in the other? Someone who has goodness in himself. Right? So, akrimi matwahu. This also teaches us that we should always treat people better than we think they deserve. Like for example, you come across someone and you think that all they deserve is just a a smile and a salam, and that's it. Okay, you might think like that, that's all that they deserve, but you could also treat them a little better. And if you treated them a little better, perhaps you could benefit them in some way, and they could benefit you in return in some way. Right? Like for example, if you see somebody, for the very first time, they've traveled from a far off place, all you do is just salaam and that's it. As-salamu alaykum. And look away. Put yourself in the position of the other person. Would you like to be treated that way? You've come after a two hour long drive and this person is not even asking you how you're doing and where you've come from. And they're not even asking you if you'd like some tea. If you'd like to sit down. They're not even asking you who you are. They're not even you know, welcoming you or congratulating you or anything like that. How does that feel? Horrible. Horrible. So always treat people better than you think they deserve. Meaning give them better treatment. Give them better treatment than you think they deserve. And do good to the other and you will also receive good. Because think about it. Who is it that will reap something? The one who has planted something. If you've put something in the ground, only then you can get something. But if you haven't put in any effort, what results are you going to see? Nothing. And then we complain that, oh, we don't have any friends and people really don't do good to us. What are we doing towards them? How are we treating them? So he said to his wife, treat him well, perhaps he will benefit us or we could take him as our own child. Now think about Yusuf a.s. Where was he coming from? From? Palestine, from his home. What was the situation at his home? Was he in good hands? Of course, he was under the care of his father. Was he receiving any love from him? Of course. But at the same time, was there a big problem in his life? And what was that? The jealousy of his brothers. The jealousy of his brothers. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed him from there, for reasons that Allah knew better, and He put him in somebody else's house as a slave. Now as a slave, is he getting respect? Yeah. Is he getting love? Seems like it. Is he well taken care of? For sure. But what's different? A change in status? Losing family? But is it just loss over here, or is he also gaining something? Is he also gaining something? Yes. Yes. What are the negatives over here? He's not with his family anymore. What else is the negative over here? He's now a slave. Before he was close to his father, so much so that his father would not let him go even for an entire day. And now he's a slave. And a slave, of course, he's going to be working. Okay? He's in a place that is unknown to him. Alright? Any other negative that you can think about in this situation? All right, what are the positives over here? What are the positives over here? Are there any positives? Yes? Okay. He's protected from the envy of his brothers. Is that a problem if people are jealous from you? Is it a problem? Does it create any problems in your life? Yeah. If people are living with you and they don't want good for you? then you get it from them. You know, just those vibes even. You feel them when they pass by you. You feel them when they're sitting across the table from you. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. If you, you know, get something, you don't know whether to be happy, whether to share it with others, or to hide your blessings, because it's awkward, it's uncomfortable. You don't know how other people are going to react. You cannot mentally relax you cannot feel comfortable. You cannot progress because you're always the target of other people's enmity. What other positive is there? Yes. Okay. He moved from the village of Canaan to Egypt. And what was Egypt at that time? It wasn't a village. No. It was much more advanced compared to Canaan. Was there any benefit in that? What was the benefit? More opportunities, more exposure, more learning. He could not learn what he learned in Egypt. Where? Back at home in Canaan. He could not have learned that over there. Yes. Yeah. Like if you think about it, when you are in a school, hmm, it's a very protected environment. You are just in your classroom, you have your homeroom teacher, Right? The maximum that happens is that you come across your gym teacher and maybe a teacher here, there. When you go into your higher grades, you go for the science experiments and so on and so forth. Then you get more teachers. But as you go to a university, then what happens? What happens? You are interacting with professors, with academics, with researchers. Your mind just opens up. You walk into a library whose books you cannot count. And in your school... Perhaps you had you know, a small library or something. I mean, in a bigger place, more exposure, you learn so much more. Zainab? Yes. He was living in the house of this man. And who was this man who had purchased him? We learn about from the story later on also, he'll be mentioned. He was the Aziz. He was the Aziz of Misr. Who is Aziz? Aziz from Izzah. And Izzah is what? Honor. So someone who had a good position in the government, whatever it was Allahu Alam, but some ulama they have said that he was a finance minister. Alright? So living in the house of the finance minister, I mean you're gonna come across big words and big concepts and you're gonna perhaps see different people and see how things are done. You're gonna see the good side, you're gonna see the bad side, you're gonna learn a lot. You're gonna learn first hand exposure. Right? Okay, very good point. That in Palestine, he was under the care of his father. His father was a prophet of Allah. Right? And his father loved him. And his father also protected him a lot. Why? Because he knew that his other sons were jealous of Yusuf So he had to be extra protective. And especially when Yusuf had that dream, he wanted to be even more protective of Yusuf Now... He was so protective that think about when the brothers came and said, why don't you let him come with us? He said, it makes me sad if you take him away. Even for one day, he could not let Yusuf a.s. go. Even for one day. Now on the one hand, it's really good to get this love and this attention and this kind of protection from your parents. But it's only good till a certain you know age, you can say. The thing is that this life is very difficult. It's very difficult. And sometimes the overprotectiveness of parents, of elders, it's not always beneficial for a child. It's not always beneficial for a child. Because if that child doesn't see blood on his knee, why? Because he's never allowed to play outside, right? Or he doesn't even know what a scratch feels like. Why? Because he's always protected by his parents. He doesn't even know how to fight for his rights because someone snatched his toy from him and his mother went and yelled at that child and got his toy back. I mean, the child doesn't know how to speak up for himself. How long is the mother going to shelter him? How long is the father going to be there for him? Right? So, to a certain extent, it's good to have this kind of love and protection from your elders. But after a certain point, it's not beneficial anymore. It's actually quite harmful. It's quite harmful. So Yusuf a.s. If he was 14 years old, 17 years old, alhamdulillah, he got a good share of love and protection. And then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him out of that situation, put him in Egypt so that he goes through the difficulties of life because he had to become a prophet and he had to deal with a whole lot of issues which someone who's lived in comfort cannot deal with. Right? Because think about it, real work is very, very stressful. It's very stressful. And if you cannot take the stress of ironing your clothes, how can you take the stress of managing the lives of hundreds of people? If you cannot take the stress of doing your own groceries or putting the groceries away in the refrigerator, how can you take the stress of managing the lives of other people? You cannot do that. So sometimes it's important to Give that space to children or those who are under us, observe them, let them make mistakes, let them suffer a little bit, but it's okay, they will learn, it's good for them, they will become stronger, and they will learn how to improve, and they will learn how to perform better in life, in many many different areas so we see that where there were negatives to this fact that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought him out from canaan put him in egypt there were also a lot of a lot of positives who will see these positives the one who has trust in allah that whatever allah has decided inshallah there's good for me very good point very good point that this entire story of Yusuf what we see is that when Yusuf you know, he was made to leave Palestine, come to Egypt, stay there for so long, and then eventually the brothers, they came and, you know, inshallah, we learn about what will happen. But it gave a chance to the brothers to realize their mistake also. It was also good for the brothers. Because if Yusuf lived amongst them, they would have never appreciated the khayr in him. Right, but because he was taken away, and they had this, you know, guilt that we shouldn't have done that. Our father is so sad, you know. Allah, what's going on with Yusuf? It did, you know, soften their heart towards Yusuf. So, in a way, this was also good for the brothers of Yusuf. Right? So, Yusuf was in the house of this man of Aziz Misr. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, وَكَذَلِكَ مَكَّنَّا لِيُسُفْ and thus did we establish Yusuf alayhi salam. from the root letters mim, kaf, nun. Makkana, yu tamkin, and tamkin is basically to establish firmly, to provide residence, and also to establish someone in a place. So Yusuf alayhi he had a home. He had lots to learn. He got a very rich experience he was exposed to many, many things. مَكَنَّا Yusuf, فِي الْأَرْضِ in the earth. وَلِنُعَلِّمَهُ And the purpose behind all of this was so that we could teach him مِنْ تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ From تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ The interpretation of أَحَادِيث. And we learned earlier what Ta'wil الْأَحَادِيثِ means. So basically, the reason why Yusuf was put over here was so that he could gain علم he could gain knowledge. One type of knowledge is that which you learn in the classroom. You hear, you write down, you read, you memorize, you take a test. Alhamdulillah. That is one aspect of it. But the other kind is that which you learn through experience. That which you learn through experience. You go through something. And then you learn about it as you're going through it. Like for example, one is that you study the fiqh of, let's say, tahara, right, or salah in a classroom. Really good. But the other is that your group in charge stands in front of you and says, okay, can you show me how to do wudu? And you do your wudu in front of them and they're checking you. So what happens then? You try to remember everything and you implement it perhaps on your test you got 100%, but in the practical you got an 80%. Right? And the mistakes that you made in the practical, what happens? Do you forget them then? No, you don't forget them. Why? Because you've learned it through experience. Exactly. I mean, these days if you want to apply somewhere for some work, they're not just going to look at your results, your degrees, they're going to look at your work experience. What have you done? There's two different types of smarts. There's book smarts where you know the academic world and you're studying. And then there's street smarts where you actually know how to deal with people and
1: you know, situations that arise around you.
0: So both are important, but to really succeed in life, you need to be street smart. You need to know how to deal with people. And you do come across people who are very, very good at you know, selling things. For example, they're a very good salesperson. But if you ask them for a resume or something and you insist and you demand from them that they tell you what they have studied, you'll be amazed to find out that they haven't even completed their university degree, for example. Why? What's the difference over here? Because they just went straight into the real world and they got a lot of experience and that made them really good at what they do. Right? So, وَكَذَلِكَ مَكَّنَّا لِيُوسُفَ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلِنُعَلِّمَهُ مِن تَأْويلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ This knowledge of interpretation of, you know, different things that are happening, to understand the reality of matters, to be able to interpret them correctly, to understand their impact, to see what to do in a situation. I mean, this only comes through experience. Right? This knowledge was not going to be given to him in a gift bag. He had to learn it through experience, through the difficulties of life. And many times you'll come across people who... Sound very wise, and you know, every statement of theirs is meaningful, and you find out that they've actually gone through a lot of difficulty in their life. They've perhaps gone through, you know, divorce or family problems or a big fail in their business or something major, but that has helped them grow. So, وَلِنُعَلِّمَهُ مِنْ تَأْوِيلَ الْأَحَادِيثِ وَاللَّهُ غَالِبٌ عَلَىٰ أَمْرِهِ And Allah is غَالِبٌ he is predominant, ala over his affair. So when he decides something, then none can prevent him. None can oppose his decision. But most of the people do not know. What do they not know? This fact. That only what Allah subhanahu wa taala decides, only that can happen. And. Most of the people do not know the reality of what's going on in their life. They get upset. Why was my mother taken away from me? Why was my family taken away from me? How come I got married and I moved to this place all the way in the other part of the world, across the earth, you know, from my family? Why me? Why? Why did this have to happen to me? But if you accept it, if you embrace it, you'll see a lot of benefits in it for yourself. A lot of benefits. But you see, it's important to surrender. It's important to accept. Our problem is that when something goes against our will, we don't want to accept it. And we just get stuck there. We are angry, we are sad, we are upset, we are frustrated, we don't accept it. When we don't accept it, we don't see the positive side of it. It's Allah's blessing that He's taken you out of a situation put you in another situation for your good. You're crying about what you've lost. Think about all that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you now. That is making you a much better person. ala amri, akthar nasi la Most people don't know, which is why they become impatient. Which is why they don't want to accept Allah's decree. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses.
1: وَجَاءَتْ سَيَّارَةٌ فَأَرْسَلُوا وَارِدَهُمْ فَأَدَلَىٰ دَلْوَهِ قَالَ يَا بُشْرَىٰ هَذَا غُلَامٌ وَأَسَرُّوهُ بِضَاعَةٌ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِمَا يَعْمَلُونَ وَشَرَوْهُ بِثَمَنٍ بَخْسٍ دَرَاهِمَ مَعْدُودَةٍ وَكَانُوا فِيهِ مِنَ الزَّاهِدِينَ وَقَالَ الَّذِي اشْتَرَاهُ مِن مِصْرَ لامرأته أَكْرِمِي مَثْوَاهِ أكرمي مثواه عشائيا فعنا أو نتخذه ولدا وكذلك مكننا ليوسف في الأرض ولنعلمه من تأويل الأحاديث. Wallahu walibunala amrihi wala kim akfaran silaya lam Um
0: I noticed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he brought Yusuf alayhi salam at the perfect age if Yusuf was a lot younger as a child is taken away, it's an extremely traumatic experience and they're just sort of harmed for life. If he was older when this happened, then he wouldn't be able to accept it. He'd be frustrated and he'd be constantly thinking, okay, now how do I get back? What do I do? Because he's already set in his ways. Yusuf was brought in his teenage years, which is when we are usually most open to new experiences and are most, you know, we're trying to find our way through life. So it was the best time for him to try and take new things in and be able to improve himself and better himself. That's very true. You know, like a typical example they give is that people who get married young, they learn to adjust to their married life much faster, much easier compared to people who choose to get married much later in life because they're more set in their ways. So it's more difficult for them to embrace the change, right? One thing I was thinking was that it may happen with us that in life we come across a lot of, you can say bad people, okay? People who hurt us, people who don't value us, people who mistreat us. But remember, there will also be some people whom you will come across who will actually treat you very nice. Even if it was just one person out of the 20 horrible people that you've met in your life, even that one person who was good, weren't they really good? Wasn't she really good? Wasn't he really good? I mean, think about it. Sometimes it happens that in school you've always had a bad experience with teachers. Teachers who've always picked on you and who've treated you differently because you're a Muslim and you wear hijab or you have a different skin color. It may have happened. But then you also find a teacher who is very cooperative or a boss who's very supportive of your choices. It happens, right? So always focus on what? Always focus on what? the positives. Always focus on the positives. Sometimes we get upset. Why did my friends have to be like this? Or why did my parents have to be like this? Or why did my you know, in-laws have to be like this? Or my you know, employer have to be like this? Forget it. They're bad? Doesn't matter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also given you good people in life. You know, if you have 20 acquaintances, and out of them you have one good friend, One good friend. Alhamdulillah for that good friend. One good friend is better than a crowd of people. Right? So value that friend. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that friend. And Allah will give you much more.